Hello and welcome to History for Weirdos. We are your hosts, Andrew and Stephanie. And each week, we're going to take you on a journey into the strange, obscure, and relentlessly entertaining corners of human history. Now listen up, friends, because it's about to get weird. What's going on, weirdos? It's your boy, Andrew. And Stephanie. And welcome to the History for Weirdos podcast, episode number 12. Yay! Woohoo! We are so happy to have you all listening today. Absolutely. I'm really excited. Me too. It's day like 380 million of quarantine. Yeah. We're it's hanging true. in there, and we hope you're all hanging in there also. Yeah, exactly. Man, I'm. I don't know about you guys, but I am like really like going crazy here. And Stephanie can attest. I've been bouncing <laughs> off the walls. Like. Can confirm. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's the term stir crazy. I think you can yeah. see a f- picture of my face in the dictionary. Yes, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I just like I'm a, like a ninety percent extrovert mm-hmm. as opposed to like ten percent introvert, and so like literally I'm starved for attention. I feel like such a drama queen king right now. Like it's absurd. But it's kind of true. Welcome to my world, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, anyways, (laughs) Stephanie, do you want to tell me a story today? I do. I'm really excited. Okay. To, I'm just going to jump right in. Yes. Enough with the preamble. Oh, okay. So, this is more recent history. Ooh, I like it. But it's definitely weird and super interesting, and there's a lot of layers to it, so I struggled to write the episode a little bit, so please feel free to ask clarifying questions, but I think I did the best I could. Okay. So, it is September of 1980. Oh, okay. This is where we're jumping in. You're going to think acid wash jeans. You're going to think <laughs> stupid haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to think just ugly outfits in general, especially mm-hmm. considering the fact that we are on a college campus. Oh, okay. So... There is a young man named Robert Shafrin. Everyone calls him Bobby. Bobby. And this is Bobby's first day of college. Okay. So as Bobby walks around campus for the very first time, people keep coming up to him and saying hello, giving him hugs, acting like they know him, and most strangely of all, calling him Eddie. Okay. Bobby has no idea who Eddie is. And he corrects everyone and is like, I'm not Eddie. I'm sorry. You have me mistaken for someone else. But the people around him think, oh, no, Eddie's gone crazy. He doesn't remember who he is. He thinks he's someone else. So finally, word that Eddie has forgotten who he is gets to Eddie's best friend named Michael. Okay, I'm so confused right now. Okay, what are you confused on? Where is this going? Oh, so you're, but you're following the story. I'm following along the story, okay. yeah. This is, okay, this is definitely like a first in the History for Weirdos podcast. Okay, so Michael is like, why does my friend Eddie not know who he is? I'm going to go check on him. So he goes to find <laughs> Eddie, and he finds Bobby, not Eddie. Okay. And Michael is floored. He immediately, he says his like jaw drops when he sees Bobby, and he asks him two questions. Are you adopted, and what's your birthday? 
Bobby answers, and then Michael says, I think you have a twin brother. Okay, so this is like a long-lost twin thing. Yes, so soon after, Eddie and Bobby are reunited. They are long-lost twins. That is why everyone thought that Bobby was Eddie this whole time, and that he was just being crazy, but Michael obviously knew his best friend. He's like, this looks right. exactly like my best friend, but it's not him. Mm-hmm. So he put he connects them and puts them together. And um, this story goes 1980s viral. Like, it's in all of the newspapers and other old-timey things like that. Uh, this crazy story, really joyful Twin brothers separated at birth, reunited at last, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, it gets weirder. Okay. There's a man named David. David Kelman. Oh, my God. Okay, sorry. And he's minding his own business, living his life, when someone hands him this newspaper article with the twins who were separated at birth. And they're like, dude... They look exactly like you. <laughs> oh my, that's where I thought I was going. Yes. And then David's like, I see it, but no, like, no, that's too crazy. Like, what are the odds, you know? But then his mom sees it and she looks into it more and finds out that, you know, in another article, it says the twins' birth date and the hospital where they were born. And she knows that's where her son David was born. And she tells him, I think you all are triplets. Oh, like they're like they're all adopted. Yes. So they are Edward Galland, David Kelman, and Robert Shaffron are the very famous triplets separated at birth. There's even a um, a documentary that came out not too long ago called Three Identical Strangers. Oh my god. About these three young men mm-hmm. who found each other at the age of nineteen. So The triplets soon discovered that they all have a lot of similarities, even though they've never met before. They were all wrestlers in high school. They smoked the exact same brand of cigarettes. Gross, but it's the 80s. (laughs) I love that clarification. (laughs) They have the same favorite color, and they like all the same women. Like, they have the same taste in women. Oh, my God. They very quickly become a media sensation. They do interviews. They're wearing matching outfits. (laughs) They answer questions in unison, like, without trying. Oh, my God. Like, it's creepy. But they're very happy. They feel so happy to have found each other. I watched a few interviews, and they all say it's like they found a missing piece of themselves. Did they say that there there was, like, something... Oh, I guess you kind of just answered that. Like, there was something just, like, not right? Yeah, it was was just... It was not there. I think the way one of them put it was not like they found their triplets, but they found other pieces of themselves. God, that's so crazy. Like they all felt like they knew themselves better, themselves better. Oh my God. So interesting, so fascinating. So none of the families, like their adoptive parents, knew that the boys were triplets when they were born. They were not told this. Um,. And they had no knowledge of any siblings. These adoptions were orchestrated by a Dr. Peter Neubauer. Dr. Viola Bernard is also involved. And an adoption agency in New York called Louise Wise Services. And what the triplets do not know yet is that they were a part of a very secret nature versus nurture experiment. Oh my God. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I will get into the doctors more to the details more, but essentially Dr. Neubauer believed that multiples were better off as individuals without potential competition for attention and affection. Their story, again, is detailed in the documentary Three Identical Strangers. If you want to, I want to watch it. I was hoping you and I could watch it after (laughs) this, actually. But let me backtrack a bit. Okay. And give you some backstory on the two doctors, the two masterminds, so to speak, behind this. Oh, my God. Psychiatrist Viola Bernard was born and raised in New York. She graduated from New York University in 1933. She earned her medical degree from Cornell University Medical College in 1936. She had a background in working with children mm-hmm. in New York City. She eventually opens up her own private practice on the Upper East Side in 1940, and she specializes in psychiatry and psychoanalysis. Um, she's like a very well-known psychiatrist of the time, basically. Okay. And she believes that twins and triplets should be raised separately for their benefit. The Louise Wise Services Adoption Agency hires her as a consultant, and she advises them that when they get multiples, I'm going to use that word a lot. I don't know if that sounds offensive or not, but it's just like, it's not just twins. It's like... It's a clinical term. I don't know. Antiquated clinical term, at least. Perhaps, but it's anything that's twins or greater, right? Right. not one child at a time. She advises them to separate multiples and to not tell anyone about it. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Um, so interesting. I couldn't find as much on her as I could on Dr. Neubauer. Um, I did find her obituary in the New York Times, and I thought it was really interesting that it read, Dr. Viola Witherheim Bernard, a prominent New York psychiatrist who found ways to help adopted and foster children feel at home in new surroundings, died on March 21st at her home in the Upper East Side of Manhattan. She was 91 and also lived in Nyack, New York. Dr. Bernard leaves no immediate family. She was married in the 30s to Theo Bernard, an anthropologist who died in 48, 10 years after their divorce. So I, the reason I wanted to add that is because I do... You know, I'm not going to say anything too much about this. I do find it very interesting... That this woman who had very strong opinions on what mothers should know and not know and what children should know and not know and have done to them did not have a family. Anyway. (laughs) Just leaving that there. Just something to chew on. (laughs) So then let's move on to psychiatrist Peter Neubauer. So he was born in 1913 in Austria. Austria. Yeah. And he was he grew up in a really small Jewish community. Um, And he went to medical school in Vienna, but then escaped during the Nazi control of Austria, and he completed his uh, medical school training in Switzerland. Okay. He immigrated to New York in 1941, and he specialized in the field of child psychiatry. He was also, like, a really successful psychiatrist at the time. He co-authored a lot of really interesting papers for Yale University, a lot of, like, foundational text on studying um, children. Mm, Okay. He was one of the first to study the emotional impact that children had on witnessing violence in TV and film, actually. Oh, interesting. Yeah, which became like a pretty large field of study, especially as media grew. Um, So it was, just to clarify, it was Dr. Viola Bernard who was the 
first, you know, in this situation, I do not know if she's the first worldwide, but in this situation, she's the first to be like, hey, let's separate multiples. Mm -hmm. And then he kind of ran with it. So Mm -hmm. she had the idea and he ran the experiment that I'm going to go into more detail on. Okay. So the study Oh man, I'm I'm bracing myself. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm. It's gonna be a little bit furious. It's so nuts. It's really interesting. Um, so as I alluded to before, this separation at birth study didn't just happen to the triplets. It's estimated that between five and eight sets of twins were also separated for this specific controversial study. Doctor Neubauer conduct, conducted his studies through the '60s and '70s. And from my research, I really couldn't get a lot of clarity on the study, and I'll explain why later. Um, It comes up. It's a really big part of it. But it looks like the study just really abruptly ended in the 1980s, which is when the triplets found each other. I think that's so interesting. Hmm. Right? Did you think it ended because they found each other, or was it just coincidental? I don't know. I, th- I think it's definitely possible that with all the media attention that they got, that they're like, yeah, somehow our families had no idea that we were triplets, that people were mm-hmm. like, oh, wrap it up, wrap it up, like close up the lab. Right, because this might look really shitty. Mm-hmm. Hmm, I wonder why. Yeah, it's so, so nuts. So they were careful to put twins and multiples in similar family structures and backgrounds to control for environmental factors as much as possible. So, for example, if one twin was adopted into a family that already had another kid, they would make sure that the other twin also got placed in a similar home. I see. Because they really, again, were testing the idea of nature versus nurture. Um, So all the quote-unquote subjects in the experiments were unwitting, as were their families. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. According to a paper published by researcher Samuel Adams... A man who worked with Neubauer, so like someone in the research lab, Mm -hmm. um, said that this was part of the rationale for the study. Once the placements were made, so this is his explanation, for ethical reasons, the agency could tell neither the adoptive parents nor the children of the existence of a twin, lest that knowledge impair the family-child bonding that was expected to evolve and is recognized as so necessary for growth and development. I literally have no idea what that means. That just sounds like BS. It's total BS. Like, if they were actually concerned about ethics, like, the study probably would not have happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like ethics was, like, the last thing. I mean... I really, you know, it's so easy for us to look back on this. And I kept reminding myself that as I did research to look back and be appalled. hmm Maybe they thought they were doing something good, but to me it just sounds like... Um, almost like cruel curiosity. Yeah. Right? No, absolutely. I mean, I don't think this would this would fly. I mean, it definitely wouldn't fly under today's like ethical standards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it absolutely wouldn't. You're completely right. Um, so researchers also made regular visits to the subjects. Oh, my God. And they told families that... Um, they could also come and check in with them like once a month in the New York City office and that they were, the kids were part of a study, just like a kid's study, an adopted kid's study, and didn't give them any details further than that. They also, it is believed that they secretly recorded 
the families. Like, they secretly observed them and the, and the children, like, at the park, at school, stuff like that. Oh, my God. So, major invasion of privacy as yeah, well. Yeah, I am not liking this at all. Mm-hmm. Other children in the study later reported as adults that their families, you know, were told to make these trips, but that they were never informed as to why. Um, and while some kids asked their parents and their who were also in the study, and their parents were like, no, they never told us to, to go check in anywhere. No one ever came to the house. Hmm. So I don't know why. It's so, there's so much that's not explained. Um, I don't know if maybe for those they were just creeping and watching them without their knowledge. <laughs> oh, like if wow. that was part of the design. And you said like it, since it was wrapped up so quickly, they probably just got rid of a lot of those records, huh? I will tell you about those records Ooh, in a okay. bit. Yeah. Okay, thank you, thank you. Plural <laughs> much. So, back to the unfortunate um, test subjects portion of this. So, some others that have been identified as being separated at birth include twins Elise Shine and Paula Bernstein. And they actually wrote a book about their experience of finding each other, and it's also called Identical Strangers. Aww. Mm-hmm. Twins Doug Rausch and Howard Barak also reunited as adults, um, they actually got connected because a remorseful employee of the adoption agency contacted Roush. The woman told him, in quotes, I'm not supposed to do this. I can get in a lot of trouble, but I'm going to do it anyway. Well, I have some news for you. You have an identical twin brother. Oh, my God. Can you well, good imagine? on that person. Oh, well, my God. Yeah, she must, it sounds like to randomly call one of the twins as an adult to, like, track him down... And call him, she must, this must have been eating her up yeah. forever, which tells you that people knew this was wrong. Oh, absolutely. You can't go, like, look at this for, like, five seconds without, like, you're just, like, your internal ringer going, wah, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. Like, red lights flashing, sirens going off. Like, this is so wrong. Mm-hmm. Roush, that same man who had an employee call him, uh-huh. when he told his parents, they're so sweet, they, their first thought was, we would have adopted you both. Oh, like if if we knew there were twins, we would have taken twins. And I'm sure that's true for so many of the families who just were not properly informed. They were not given informed consent. And that really pisses me off. Informed consent. Yeah. Super important. That's really important. So back with our triplets, um, unfortunately, in 1995, after a struggle with mental illness, Edward or Eddie Galland died by suicide. The triplets were unaware until after their their brother died that their biological mother also struggled with mental illness. And the agency knew this and didn't disclose. Oh my god, so this agency, like, I mean, they're indirectly responsible for his death. In a way, I mean, that's really... They're responsible for having this information and not giving it to people. I don't know, it's just so messed up. I mean, um, Andrew knows how much I, like, love adoption. Mm-hmm. If you are adopted or if you've adopted people, I think that's amazing. I think it's such a beautiful thing to do and a beautiful way to grow your family. It breaks my heart that it, that these people had so much secrecy and deceit and just to feel so violated, you know? Absolutely. It's crazy. Um, and, of course, the other, the, the other two triplets strongly believe that knowing that they had a predisposition to mental illness could have saved their brother's life. 
So, intro, okay, wait. So, they were identical triplets, mm-hmm. but only one of them had the mental, mental illness. illness. Right, which isn't disclosed. I don't know if it's depression or if it's um, something more severe than that. And actually, I don't know. Maybe the other two do have it, but have it under control or right, they're going are to therapy, seeking, mm-hmm, seeking support. Yeah. So, who knows, actually? Mm. Um, but it's possible because also at the beginning of the story, remember when I said that. Bobby gets to school and everyone's like, oh, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Right. Eddie had briefly been at that college and then dropped out for a reason that they haven't disclosed. And maybe it's disclosed in the documentary. Um, College age is the age where a lot of us start to see mental illness pop up. So I don't Mm -hmm. know if that's related or not. That's just speculation. Oh, yeah. That's I didn't even think about that. Mm -hmm. So the findings the findings of the study? The findings of the study, the oh documents that you were asking about. Oh, jeez. Okay. So what were the findings of this controversial study? The short answer is we don't know yet. Do you want to know why? I'm just like, for everyone, <laughs> I'm just like literally staring in like complete shock and just utter disbelief right now. So once people started, so I think the way I understood it, with all of this, it's, like, super complicated. But it looks like the triplets find each other, right? Okay. Oh, I also forgot to mention that for a while they actually owned a New York City restaurant called Triplets. Super cute. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> That's adorable. Um, They find each other. They're, like, celebrities almost because of this crazy thing. And it's this big question that's looming of, like, wait, why did no one know we were triplets? That leads to people questioning the adoption agency, which, and all of a sudden that study closes and records are just gone um and other adult twins start finding each other around the same time so as these people are young adults out in the world i think a lot of people started thinking like i've always felt like something's missing and they found their twin Mm -hmm. um i forgot where i was going with that Uh, (laughs) oh like the records the records so I was like wait what I mean I was interested too so immediately of course they want records people are like what the hell is happening here what's the point what do you mean we were part of a secret study that no one knew about so the records are currently sealed and hidden in Yale University's library in 1990, Dr. Neubauer, that same dude, and the Child Development Center of the Jewish Board of Family and Children's Services locked away the files because they knew, I mean, they don't say this, but obviously they knew these twins and triplets were finding each other. Yeah, so I the would... triplets find each other in 1980. They officially lock everything away in 1990. Officially, the records are required to remain sealed until October 25th of 2065. I don't... Okay, this is... I don't understand this at all. Like... I knew this is where you'd have thoughts. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I have so many thoughts. Okay, Mm -hmm. first of all, like, can't these... I mean... This literally breaks HIPAA, right? This is... This is a... I feel like this is, like... HIPAA is confidentiality. Okay, maybe... Well, isn't part of HIPAA, though, like, you have to, like, disclose these things to the, like, the patients? So this, no, that's part of informed consent or, like, being, for research, it's called an IRB, which I actually wrote about. It's an institutional review board. So even if, like, um, 
you're a college student and you do like a little research experiment nowadays for mm-hmm. your class, for like your intro to psych class, you still need to take um, classes, these little online classes and certifications through an IRB. There's There should okay. be a review board. And if you have human subjects, then people actually need to see your study and see what you're going to do and either... Um, accept it or deny it. So this sounds like a time, I mean, the 60s and 70s, this sounds like a time before that was a thing. Right. So what's happened here more or less is that the people who know now that they were a part of this study are like, let me see my records. And then Yale's like, okay, yeah, duh. But mm-hmm. It's, they're not Yale's property. Oh, so Yale if, want, like, they probably want to just give them over, but they can't. Yes, there was a whole, like, conference. And um, actually, one of the sources is um, from the Yale Daily News. And there's, like, a whole long article where Yale is, like, discussing the ethical implications of this crazy situation. Or lack thereof ethical. Yes, lack thereof ethical. So it's just so messed up. Um Doug Rausch and Howard Brack, those are two of the twins that I mentioned that were also reunited. When they requested their records in 2011, first the Jewish Board of Child Development Center, so that's what that adoption agency Wise, I guess, eventually Mm -hmm. became, Louise Wise or whatever, became a part of this. First, they were like, you weren't a part of a study. What are you talking about? Oh, so it's like some like CIA like Cold War era like BS mind game. Yeah, like um, what's the thing I'm obsessed with? MK Ultra. Yeah, MK Ultra. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I don't know anything about MK Ultra. <laughs> um, it's like, the, and they're like, yeah, we were, it's and like, they got lawyers, of course, and right. they were like, you no, know, yeah, they were, you guys. Like, there's witnesses, like. The there employee was, There called. was millions of people that, like, saw shit on, on television. Yeah, well, those were the twins. So they could, they're like, that's cool, that's crazy, you guys were separated at birth, but we didn't study you. It's like, uh, but, liar. Yeah, so they weren't able to deny that for long, and eventually the Jewish board was required to provide all subjects with documentation of the study. They provided them with records, um that direct relate directly to Dr. Neubauer's study of them. So like they don't see the other people's files. It's just like their file. Okay. But one of the participants um, has said that she specifically received 700 redacted pages. Some pages were completely blacked out. Oh my God. So no one actually knows like none of the important, it's just like, yeah, so-and-so and -and so-and-so. This date, so-and-so and so-and-so, this date. They're five now. You know, like, it's just BS stuff they already knew. Right. About their own lives. Um, During this time, uh, right, so the, this is early 2000s is really when this started happening. Mm -hmm. Um, The two of the women that I mentioned, Elise Shine and Paula Bernstein, they were writing their book. They're like, let's write a book about this crazy experience. They got an interview with Dr. Neubauer, the man who was experimenting on them. The piece of crap. (laughs) Yep. And according to them, um, Dr. Neubauer seemed eerily interested. When he accepted the interview, they were shocked. And they go and they meet with him. And he seemed really interested in observing them, observing their similarities and the way they interacted with each other. 
And he never apologized or regretted anything. He did not give them access to their information. And the only thing he said, you know, regretfully, he's like, gosh, I wish I had published my findings. Like, he was fascinated by them. Oh, so he was a complete and utter, like, sociopath, psychopath. I don't think we can say <laughs> yeah. that. But. but, I mean, he had a clear disregard for, like, their humanity. I think he had, probably not their humanity. I think if you work with kids, you probably don't have a disregard, you know, for the most part, with for humanity. But it sounds like they disregarded their their rights and their agency and... Just, like, human desire to know what, what the fuck's happening to you. Like, I know. So Neubauer died in 2008, and the madness has still continued. Like, these people are still demanding access to their records, and they are being denied access. Um, Neubauer, some critics of him, like, modern... Some people say, like, oh, it was back then, like, times were different. Like, Oh, my... I hate that argument. Like, get over it. Yeah. It's fine. You're all fine. <laughs> Nothing bad happened to you. Whereas other people actually criticize Neubauer again, who was a man who escaped from um, Nazi-occupied Austria. It was like, wow, that's crazy because you know who else did twin like, studies? I was going to say, Nazis. Uh, Nazis actually did the exact same thing. Huh, that's ironic. I mean, they tortured them and stuff, but that's what it was compared to. They yeah. were like, ew, no. You piece of crap. <laughs> yep. Um, so adoption agencies today obviously go through great lengths as like, as we've seen, like Andrew and I have looked into adopting one day in the future and they go through such great lengths to keep siblings together and especially like twins and triplets and stuff like that. Um, and as I mentioned, there's no way in hell this study would ever get clearance by anyone today. Yeah, no, absolutely not. And also, like, I, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts about the records being sealed till like, what, 2065? So, like, 100 years? So, like, first of all, they're mm-hmm. all going to be dead by that point. Exactly. So that was the point. That's, I know. And, uh, and also, the fact that it's, they're waiting that long is that there are, it's going to, there's not going to be good findings in there. It's mm-hmm. going to be, like, my, like, my, what I feel, and this is complete conjecture. I have nothing to back this up on. It's just a gut feeling. Is mm-hmm. that like it's going to be like, oh wow, um, yeah, there really wasn't anything uh, different. We can't. We didn't really. There, you know, there wasn't really a benefit from separating them. Right. You th- yes, that's my thought as well. Like, there's zero benefit. Um, and, and we just destroyed some people's lives. You know, and it's no never ever like as. Granted, they didn't know this. Psychology was still like especially scientific method-based psychology was still relatively new at this time, but we now know that it's not nature versus nurture. It's both always. It's always going to be both. Your environment activates your genetics. The predispositions you have is very influenced by the people around you, the air around you, the food you eat, all that stuff. So that's probably what they're going to find is like, oh, this was all BS. Oh my god, that just infuriates me. My blood's like boiling right now. Mm-hmm. And you know what's crazy is I've read so many things. It was so hard to decide what to put in here without making it super long. But I think almost a, a large amount of the participants, the twins, you know, not the participants, the unwilling participants, uh, experienced depression. Hmm. Interesting. Including the two women I mentioned, Elise and Paula. In their book, they talk about depression and. Um, they ask him, like, is that from us? They ask Neubauer, is that from us being separated? And he's just, like, fascinated. He's like, I don't know. I was, oh, what did he say? He's like, I was hoping to, 
I was hoping to find that out as the study continued. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? Uh, that's, that's one way of putting it. This guy, ugh. And that's, I wonder if, I mean, there's also, there's so many things that could be at play with depression, and depression is actually way more common than we think. But I wonder, it makes you wonder, I don't have a twin, but like, that feeling of I'm missing something that they describe. Yeah. I wonder if that would lead to depression. Absolutely. Definitely have an influence on it. I mean, yeah, there's no way to know for certain, but I I, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. I'd be exactly. like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. You don't have there's to There's no it. way to know for certain, like, because you can't conduct studies like this. Yeah, like, oh, let me just, like, ruin someone's life. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a part of this same study, and I couldn't find the clips, but when I was an undergrad and I was taking one of my psych courses... There were twin brothers, and I don't know if it's one of these twins that I mentioned because I don't remember their names, but we watched a video where they had been separated, they had been adopted. They grew up in very different environments, very different households, different socioeconomic status even, and they had so many similarities. It was freaky. Like They both had two ex-wives and they had the same names oh my god that's really creepy isn't that so strange yeah so there are there are twin studies now everyone like if you hear about twin studies do not freak out it's very normal um the minnesota twin study is like a very famous one but people there are consenting right everyone it's everyone knows what's going on and these aren't twins that they've secretly like manipulated and separated it's oh usually twins that are just growing up as twins. So, like, right. if you're a twin, you can sign up for the twin study, and it's to understand, yeah, like, what we're, what role does genetics play in our life? Um, so that, my friends, my husband, Andrew, <laughs> you, is me. the... <laughs> me, you, Stella, is the controversial twin study of Dr. Neubauer. So I'm just going to, like, throw this out here. I don't mm-hmm. think this is a very um, controversial opinion, but <laughs> I'm not a fan of either of these psychotherapists, psychiatrists, whatever you want to call them. They were both psychiatrists quacks. and psychotherapists. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to call them quacks. Quack. 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 <laughs> so just to wrap this up with my sources, in case you're interested, because this is super interesting and I found... So much reading material. Again, I would recommend, depending on how intrigued you are, and checking out Elise and Paula's book, Identical Strangers. Um, I first saw the story in a Ranker article on identical twins separated at birth experiment. Again, the Yale Daily News has an article um, which talks about the controversy of the sealed records Mm -hmm. that are held at Yale. Of course, Wikipedia, and as I mentioned, I did cite the New York Times for Dr. Viola Bernard's um, thing. That thing, yes. Oh my god, I feel like a bad person. What's it called? Obituary. Obituary. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not editing that out. Edit by the way, out. nope, that's not happening. Oh, I also watched um, an interview with the two surviving triplets on. Um, the mor- this morning, it's a talk show that I had never oh. heard of before, but I found them talking about, um, again, how it began and kind of how life has been since they lost their brother. Mm. So, yeah, 
Wow, that was really interesting. Super weird, right? That was super weird. Yeah, Stephanie was just like, this is a really weird story. I'm not going to give you any heads up what this is. Yeah. So I I was, yeah, needless to say, yeah, that was weird and I was surprised. Twists. Turns. Twists and turns. Yeah. Yeah, I thought at first it was just like, oh, yeah, these, like, you know, triplets found each other. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, I didn't Mm -hmm. really think of much of it. And I was like, it gets deeper. It gets almost like... It's sinister. Sinister. That's the perfect word. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. I this guy was like kind of like a mad scientist. It seemed like I just yeah. There, maybe they knew they were doing bad things, but like who was going to stop them? There were yeah. no governing bodies at the time that could be like, um, excuse me, sir, you can't like watch <laughs> little kids at the park just because you separated them at birth. That's like not chill. Ew, David. <laughs> Ew, David. Yeah. <laughs> But um, I hope you all really enjoyed that and definitely, definitely do more research if you're interested. Yes, absolutely. And if you really, if you like that, guys, I'd say give us a five star on Mm -hmm. the Apple podcast app, Spotify, Google Play, whatever you guys are using to listen to this (laughs) and hit that subscribe button so you can get more stories by Stephanie. Uh, when they come out. Yeah, if you subscribe, then they just automatically download. Makes it super easy. If you think this is even a little bit interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, we typically come out with episodes every Monday. We're getting better at it. We're pretty good. But it's only going to get better. Only going to get better from here on out. Thank and, you so much, weirdos. Oh, thank you, weirdos. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. I just have to... One last thing. <laughs> there may or may not be, yeah. and there probably will be, actually there is going to be, yeah. a double feature. So I well, think... Well, they would have seen that already. Oh, shoot. Like, if they're listening now, they okay. would have seen it. Yeah, so you guys are already going to know about this. Gosh, so I'm just babe. an idiot. <laughs> well, anyways, <laughs> as Stephanie was saying before, I rudely and stupidly cut her off. Not at all. Thank you, weirdos. Thanks, weirdos. I Adios.